Oh hey, didn't see you there. Welcome to Secondary Fermentation, episode number 55. 55, for all those who know that. Early days of the interwebs. What is it? 55. 55. I don't think Did I you ever saw that video? Oh yeah. gosh, it's a whole song. It's like, Shwiggity Shwell, Shwiggity Five, my IQ, Shwiggity Five, girlfriend's age, Shwiggity Five. And then it goes on like a whole. That sounds thing, like you know. an early internet. It was. Thing. It was like a stick figure guy playing a guitar. It was oh, like, man. it got real wild. <laughs> I feel like I, I've always assumed, like, oh, I, I'm so on top of like any kind of viral video of the past, but I'm really, like, I'm, as you've displayed, I've, I've really missed out on a few. And so I. That was like early e bombs world stuff. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, E-Bombs World, yeah. Oh, gosh. I wonder if that site's even around anymore. I don't know. Maybe on the dark web. Dark web. Dark web. Well, uh, we got a couple of beers here. Do you want to crack a beer first and then and then do that? Uh, interestingly enough, Nick and I both, <laughs> both have beers for the episode. Uh, also, Elsie's not joining us today, and yeah. I didn't introduce us either. I'm Joe, and, and Nick is here also, if you yeah. haven't listened to before. Yeah. Also, I mean, if you're joining at episode 55, that's pretty cool. Yeah, that's pretty cool. We appreciate it. Yeah. But uh, if you're yeah, starting you're... <laughs> at episode one, the audio quality is drastically different. <laughs> yeah. I would say like if you're starting now, you can go back until like maybe episode 30 ish or so <laughs> yeah. is when the audio really improves significantly. Yeah. We... Maybe, maybe earlier than that. It was a good thing that that recorder died that we had. We had like oh, a yeah. little Zoom H1 recorder and we all kind of huddled around it and then tried to make the audio better. But <laughs> Now we've got a couple mics, uh, freestanding things, and we've got a, a newer recorder, and it's sounding much better, I can say. Yeah. Yeah, because I think, like, yeah, last week I edited the first time ever, and I think if I had done that with the previous equipment, like the early equipment, I would have probably produced something that didn't sound very good. But these make it so it's actually kind of hard to make bad sounding quality. Mm-hmm. Like, you can make it better, but I feel like... yeah. As it is standalone, it's pretty good without even any like modifications to it, which yeah. is nice. Big things now, like, is our room, you know, putting up like soundproofing stuff. And we've changed the room that we, the, we work in. It's a little smaller, a little shorter ceilings, but there's still some large wall spaces that probably bounce some noise. So we could tweak some things there, but we're definitely yeah. miles ahead of where we were. Not perfect, but we're getting, we're getting there. Getting better all the time. Yeah. Yeah, you're you're mentioning the beers. Uh, yeah, yeah. We uh, so we, we always bring a you know a couple beers to crack on the episode, and apparently today's theme is Baltic porters. So I had brought <laughs> I had brought the most random style, <laughs> but uh, I brought one from Southern Pines called Long Dark Night. And Nick, what'd you bring? Uh, I brought a bottle of the Baltic porter from Combs, which is a Polish brewery that actually was a. Uh, Bronze winner at the World Beer Cup. Ooh, I'm not sure which year. I'll have to look that up. But uh, <laughs> 2004. <Yeah. laughs> They're just resting on their laurels. But uh, no, this is uh, from Brewery Fortuna, the Combs Baltic Corner. So uh, if you are familiar with Brewery Fortuna, maybe if you're one of our European mm-hmm. listeners, um, maybe you're like, hey, good beer. Or you're like, man, not a good beer. <laughs> uh, but it says that Combs is stored for 36 months. Um, so... Should be really well matured, maybe a little bit. Oh wow, yeah, a little more complex, a little more dry. We'll see. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, let's go ahead and crack that one open. It's the most uh, unique yeah. one we've got. Do you have a bottle opener? Uh, let me re- Grab resort one. to my keys. And then we've got my beer. So it's Southern Pines Brewing Company, Long Dark Night, which is their Baltic Porter. Uh, Southern Pines, pretty close to us. Uh, North Carolina beer. 
So we'll be trying that one after as we, you know, get through the episode, but Nick's got that beer cracked. We'll get it poured. Wow. That looks thick. Yeah, so right off the bat, I wasn't getting any head until I kind of poured a little more aggressively, so I think... It's got a good half inch of foam on it now. Yeah. Pretty tan head. Very dark. Can't see any light through it, really. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it it does definitely has some carbonation. I was kind of wondering if it was like maybe a little more still, which I feel like with like an aged beer, you can kind of have that. uh, A lot of the like kind of syrupy uh, imperial like barrel aged stouts you might have are like not particularly carbonated, but seems to have a pretty decent amount, surprisingly. Yeah. So it smells very sweet. Some alcoholic sweetness on there. I'm curious, what's the oh, ABV yeah. on it? Uh, 9% even. Ooh, okay. So that's pretty pretty good for Baltic Porter. Oh, yeah. Um, it smells a little stronger than that, but might be just some of the, like, the aged. So is it barrel? It actually may just be bottle aged. So it says, when Combs hmm. is stored for 36 months, the beer changes its taste. Now you can decide how long your Combs will mature. And so they give you like the, uh, I guess they give you like the bottling date and then you can age it for as long there. as you yeah. want. It actually, is, it's a pretty cool graph on the back label here. They have a, uh, a legend or a key starts off with like four months age is like more fresh and like roasty character. And then if you go all the way down to 36 months, uh, it's a little more dry and complex. So, so do they age it for 36 months already or? They recommend you age it for 36 months yeah. up to. I think I maybe misread it at first and that it's actually uh, saying that if you do age it for 36 months, it'll gotcha. change. Um, okay. But they probably bottle it and then give you the opportunity to, to make your own. It's kind of like choose your own adventure with beer. <laughs> like, do you want it to be kind of more of a fresh, roasty Baltic porter? Let it kind of mellow out over the course of you know a few years. Um, I'm trying to see if I can find the bottling date on it yeah it might be printed really darkly on the the brown bottle somewhere but uh have you tasted it yet it's, it's yeah. quite uh smooth velvety chocolatey mm-hmm. yeah I'm not a lot of roast date is what are they, why would they hide it from you tell me what the date is i don't know yeah i mean there's still a, a lingering sense of some some like roasted coffee but yeah it is particularly sweet notice that on the nose um and it's a lot of chocolate i'm picking through. up on the taste as well. Yeah, chocolate. Um, Very sweet. Like a, almost like a baker's chocolate or like a semi-sweet. I, can, I think I say that a lot. I mean, I think it'd be weird to have like a milk chocolate <laughs> in a beer. I don't know how that would come through. Milk chocolate. But yeah, I mean, it's actually very smooth. Very, I mean, not really bitter at all. Just a little touch. A little touch of bitterness. Not And the alcohol that I was smelling, I think, was just some of the syrupy sweetness from it. Because it... Doesn't taste very alcoholic at all. It's definitely full bodied for sure. Uh, pretty thick, a little mouth coating. Kind of making my mouth feel a little dry on here. Yeah, and like, so I think we might be somewhere kind of, if I had to guess, somewhere in in the middle. Like, I could see us being maybe even up to 12 months, if not a little bit past that. But I can't confirm because I can't find the date this was bottled. Oh, gosh. They've hidden it from Maybe you. it's on the bottle. Or the, on the bottom. The bottom of the bottle. Yeah, I just don't see anything. Maybe it's on there. like some outer packaging or something. If you buy it in like a six pack uh, or something, that could be. I got this from a local uh, establishment here in Greenville. I might be mispronouncing it. I think it's Aji. Aji or Aji. It's a an international snacks and drink and uh, I guess just general 
cooking supplies outlet. They have a uh, location on Dickinson Avenue here in Greenville, right by yeah. a bunch of the breweries and uh, like tap rooms and things. So it's a really nice location. They just opened up uh, probably in the last few months. Oh, yeah. Definitely a new spot. Yeah. We've been seeing it, and we had assumed it was a candy store, uh, which it does have some candy, but it's like yeah. snack food and stuff, right? Like just international oh, yeah. style stuff. So I didn't expect them to be selling beer. I can tell you that. Oh, I know. Yeah. <laughs> they had wine, and they had a few different beers. Uh, this one stuck out to me because I'd never heard of uh, anything from... Uh, brewery fortuna in poland i don't know if i've ever had a polish beer before so yeah i don't know if i have either but uh hey you see a bronze world beer cup award winner you're gonna pick that up nine times out of ten yeah i think it's uh, i mean i like it i think it's pretty good yeah it'll be interesting to follow that up with the southern pines baltic border yeah i think I there th- is yeah, definitely like a, a bit more of a range or a wide range of uh flavors you get in a baltic porter oh yeah um, some t- tend to be like just super like bitter and roasty. Um, some like this one are a little more sweet. Yeah. And I'm curious, I'm very curious how this would age for three years plus, you know, really see how it sits. So, well, speaking of tasting beers, uh, Nick and I both attended a beer festival, but had very different experiences recently. So we went to Brugaloo in Raleigh, North Carolina. Brugaloo. Brugaloo. It's a big street beer festival that they have, and it's actually two nights. So the first night is a more like kickoff party street festival that is a uh, wristband system with basically unlimited pours for the four hours that they've got there and all the breweries out food trucks you know various things to do uh and then saturday is when you attended and you actually Mm -hmm. volunteered so we'll talk a little bit about that experience being on that end but uh it's a ticket style uh tasting festival instead of an unlimited so a couple of very different experiences. You know, if you were to attend both days in a row, I'm curious how they would change between them. Oh, yeah. But a pretty big festival right in the middle of downtown Raleigh. So kind of a unique setup and, and venue for it. Uh, it made for interesting, you know, you're in, the, in between the big, you know, uh, corporate towers. and <laughs> Yeah. It's like one end you can see uh, the Capitol building and then it's, uh, I think it's, What's the name of the building? They do a lot of events there and like plays. It's like a performing arts center, I think, okay. maybe. But it's like both ends of Fayetteville Street. You get like these, yeah, huge. Pretty crazy views. Um, yeah. yeah. And then like the buildings on either side of the road. I've got some cool pictures that I took off to show you. Oh, nice. But, uh, yeah. So we figured it'd be a great time to talk about the, the festival and our experiences there. And then uh, really pick Nick's brain about his volunteer experience and then get into a little bit about, you know, let's take a look at the logistics behind a beer festival and maybe uh go into some things that the average you know festival attendee might not know goes on in the background so a little bit of uh beer festival 101 i guess this episode could be so yeah yeah and that's coming totally transparent that's coming from two people who've never planned one but (laughs) have done some research and have have attended several we've gone to a few yes (laughs) yeah i think like that's one perspective is being the like attendee for a festival mm-hmm. you've got like some wants and needs like what what do, what do i want to see at a beer festival i'm attending um if you're a brewery i'm sure you've got your own list of things uh, <laughs> needs and wants and then as the you know the folks that organize they have their list of checklists which i think will kind of go into mm-hmm. all those different layers but um i think it helps knowing both sides of it before you kind of make any unfair claims about you know 
how poorly something might be run mm-hmm. because it may just be not logistically possible. Yeah, so. exactly. And there's a lot of choices that go into it. Um, and various experiences, you know, you, I think like if you see any beer memes or anything, like breweries tend to have more of a love hate relationship with festivals just yeah. because you can imagine people drinking beer for hours and hours coming up and saying all sorts of weird things and being weird. <laughs> Uh, but then festival goers who have a great time or maybe have too great of a time, you know, you, you have some issues there with, with the different methods, but yeah, well, actually on Saturday morning, I, I think it was, uh, one of the guys from mother earth in Kinston, not Mm -hmm. too far from here. Uh, I was dropping some stuff off at his tent and I was like, Hey, how's it going? And and he's like, Oh, it's pretty good this morning. Uh, it's not raining yet because we were expecting some weather. He's like, it's not raining yet. And I haven't been accosted by drunk people yet. (laughs) Doing pretty well. I'm like, yeah, I imagine like at some point during the day when it's been deep into the festival, Mm -hmm. especially like your Friday night block party where people are just slamming unlimited samples. Like people probably get a little bit, like some people probably get a little bit testy or like, uh, you know, they're maybe cursing at you a little bit. I mean, or just like not knowing what they're talking about or getting too like silly you know like just saying stuff oh, and yeah. telling you just hear weird stories of people like, being like, like oh you beer. brewed this wrong yeah. or you know but uh i guess we can kick off with my experience on friday night so we actually we had some friends in town and we made kind of a i guess a last minute decision to, to go out there so we bought tickets on the way there <laughs> had to pay a little extra for the day of tickets and then the, you know all the online fees yeah. and stuff but it was funny because like 10 minutes after we bought the tickets it was like sold out online so we're like oh wow okay so we made it. i I, and I knew it was ticketed and i was thinking when you when i found it you went i was like oh i didn't know they were doing like day of tickets but uh well they still were selling them at yeah. the gate when we were there so okay. we said like oh the outline or like the online tickets must have sold out i guess gotcha um but yeah, we went there. We actually got there in like an hour late, which was a good thing, I think. <laughs> yeah. Because that fourth hour of a beer festival after you've been just, you know, going through and getting oh, samples yeah. can sometimes be not necessary. Uh, and I think I could tell by some of the breweries that were in attendance, like the people working there, they were ready to <laughs> be were, done. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, overall, uh, it was pretty big event pretty crowded you know lots of people it's a unique setup there because it's it is on the street and you have beer tents on both sides of the street and some of them are a little staggered from each other but it just uh sometimes creates a little bit of a tight fit when you're going in there especially if a line starts to form at a brewery it like cuts down the middle of the street and yeah. you don't know, you're like, who's in line here? Who's in line oh, there? Yeah. And then people aren't paying attention because they've been drinking and they're talking to each other and they're like, all right, come on. Um, one of our friends walked in line in front of someone who they appeared to be in a circle talking and like she walked in line and went up to yeah. go get a beer and the lady turned around and started like yelling at her because <laughs> she's like, we were in line, blah, 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 blah. Oh, and she came back. I was like, oh gosh, what just happened? But no, no, no harm from it yeah. just somebody a little bit angry but it is such an yeah, it's an awkward thing because like i've had it be where you're like oh it doesn't look like they're in line or like their glasses are full so yeah and they're just standing they in a circle talking yeah and the line in front of them is moving away from them and they're not moving so it's, it's yeah. tough to tell so i mean that part was like the probably the biggest downside yeah. just people not paying attention which is always everything but i say the brewery staff there was a ton of breweries there uh, some local, some across state, some not in the state, 
but a lot of good beers uh, there. There were some pretty tight samples. Some breweries had like two beers with them. Some had four. Some had oh, yeah. uh, even a couple more than that, I think. But got to try a lot of beers uh, and then didn't talk too much with the people because, you know, I mean, you don't want to be that annoying person at the festival asking a million questions. Like, you can ask, I mean, I asked about a couple yeah. off beers or like not off beers, but like different style beers or whatever. But everybody was, they were pouring pretty fast. So the lines didn't go too long. Yeah. They were slinging beers. I liked even the, a lot of the breweries there had squirt bottles filled oh, with like water the, and they would just yeah. rinse out your glass right there. Oh, cool. Because there were gray water stations, like rinsing stations. But it didn't have any like buckets underneath, so you would like rinse your glass and just throw it on the street. I felt really weird. <laughs> yeah. I was like, okay, there's no gray water tanks or anything. <laughs> just dump it on somebody's shoes and like, what the heck? Yeah, man? yeah, exactly. But yeah, got there. You basically go down the street and get the beer, and then head your way back. And by the time we got back, it was over. So it was a, a well timed trip down the yeah. road. Did they give you like a? What size like was the glass like the taster glass? Yeah, was it like a it was like like a two or three ounce. Oh, little, okay. so it, was it was like, like looked like a little pint glass is basically what yeah, it looked like. I, okay, because I thought I saw some like in the trash, like kind of Saturday morning. Yeah, like I, saw. I was like, oh, this must have been like the taster glasses. They're, they're pretty cool. They're like little little shaker pints. Yeah, yeah. Um, they were plastic, which yeah. is is good. <laughs> That's smart when you have like thousands of people yeah. on the road. Well, it's funny at the end because we were in line and like I was going to get like a final beer and. I'm like walking up to it and Lauren's like, watch out. And I, I looked and there were one of the breweries also had, um, barbecue sauces and random things at their tent. And somebody must've knocked over a barbecue sauce all over the ground. Cause there oh, was no. like a ton of like just oh. nasty, not nasty barbecue, but like, you know, thick oh. barbecue sauce all over. I was yeah. like, Oh gosh, get that into and, the grooves of your yeah. shoe and like track it in your yeah. car. At that point I was like, all right, I'm done. I don't need this last sample. <laughs> Like this is a sign. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's telling me I don't need this. Yeah. Well, and then it gets dark too, because like mm-hmm. the block party is a, a nighttime thing, and so you're outside. There's yeah, not a ton of like street lights to to use for. Oh yeah, it went from um, six to ten, so we showed up there about seven, and then shortly after it got dark, uh, which was fine. Uh, yeah. There were it was funny at the end down on the Capitol side, they had like a DJ and like a little dance area, and there were some people dancing there. It was pretty funny to watch that. Uh, oh yeah yeah because they had a a stage which i think is cool they had like you know live music and stuff and the way the way it was set up it was like yeah interesting because it is one long road it's like Fayetteville right yeah Yeah, Fayetteville and downtown Raleigh and so it's such a an expansive event with like tons of vendors including like 90 to 100 breweries Mm -hmm. but it's just like one long stretch so like to get from one end to the other it takes a long time yeah um, so you kind of have to like plan out, I think you have to be kind of strategic about your, you know, like you, you kind of just work your way from one end to the other or I don't know. Yeah. I and mean, that's kind of what we did is like kind of like we went and then if somewhere had too long of a line or something, we're like, Oh, we'll get them on the way back. So we like kind of yeah. hop skipped across, you know, different breweries and, and such. And we hit most of them, I'd say. So, uh, and the, 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 like you said, they moved pretty quickly, at least from my experience. Mm-hmm. And, you know, cause like sometimes with, I think with that many breweries in attendance like even with the ratio of attendees like it moves a lot faster than yeah you know, once you go to where it's like higher volume of people to breweries and so the lines are like backed up like we had you know one local one here where it was just like huge turnout and so then that resulted in very very, very long lines. lines and so you're getting a beer and then getting back into another line just to like drink a beer in yeah. line line especially festival. like your well, yours is like the uh you know unlimited sample so you're mm-hmm. trying to like 
maximize your time, I guess, or your value without like, you know, within Going, yeah, reason. yeah, within yeah. reason, <laughs> not just standing there chugging down a pour and yeah. being like, can I have another one? Versus another like, one? you know, it's like, oh, I have, I'm redeeming a, a ticket or a, yeah, exactly, or where you want to like enjoy it for a minute, but yeah, you, you don't want to have to wait in line for 10 hours, exactly. So, seems like it was pretty efficient overall, then, yeah, I'd say it was real. I mean, like, the logistics of this stuff worked out nicely because. Like they had, you know, gates set up for going in where they scanned your tickets or if you wanted to buy tickets there. We didn't wait very long in line for that. The they had, you know, adequate like bathroom area with like porta potties and whatnot. So nothing like that was inconvenient about it at all, really. Oh yeah. Yeah, and like I I kinda share your sentiment, like the street was, you know, it's an, it's a normal size, you know, street in downtown Raleigh. And they have the the vendors and the breweries on each side or either side. Mm-hmm. Um, it did get like a little bit congested. So like when we went, we kind of would get a pour and like pull off to behind the tents, like on the sidewalk yeah. area, which seemed kind of like questionable. Like, are we allowed to <laughs> drink this here? But the whole road was shut down for this. Yeah. So I felt and like I, it was, everybody I, was doing it. Yeah. And I was wondering that too. I was like, I wonder what would, what if they had the stuff facing the sidewalk? You know, oh, like, Jen and said then, that. like, you walked yeah. around the sidewalk. I wonder if it just is not enough, like, space or something yeah. for people. Yeah. And, like, so. And people on businesses probably don't want them, like, all over. Oh, right. Contain them to the street, maybe. But it that, just seemed like, because you be. could do, like, a, almost like a loop around and then hit them all the outside ones. But it might get too congested or something. Yeah. And I think, yeah, Jen was saying, like, there was some beer festival she went to where uh, it was similar format but like the way the tents were set up you could actually go to either side of the tent like so they had enough staff uh, you also yeah. that would require you to have staff like probably four different people different, per tent like so you jockey could, boxes and stuff and yeah and so they were able to serve like two sides and i'm like that works well i think if you have an event with maybe like less breweries but like a large number of people you can yeah. serve more more quickly but um yeah, like you said, like there's a lot that goes into the decision from breweries to like attend, and some of them are kind of like, you know, is this really, yeah, is, you know, is it worth the time? Um, I was talking to, uh, I think I mentioned this like recently, but Paul Philippon from Duck Rabbit, I was talking to him. Uh, they had a, a release for their Imperial Stout recently, and uh, it was coming up to Brugaloo a few, you know, a few weeks out, and I was like, hey, Paul, are, are you guys going to be there? Uh, and he's like, oh, we just pulled out today. Like we, uh, we had to pull out cause they uh, had lost some staff, uh, recently. And he's like, you know, it's, that's just usually the biggest hurdle is finding staff to like cover events like that, because you need at least like two to three people to man your tent, like, you know, change kegs out that kind of thing set up. And, and also like, you've got to get somebody that's willing to do that for maybe up to eight hours, depending on the, oh, yeah. the, of the festival. And this was a two day Brugaloo. So, I mean, mm-hmm. He's like, yeah, we just we we couldn't do it this year. It's just it's a lot of work. And he's like, and I'm too old to be doing it myself. <laughs> I put in my time. I'm not doing this anymore. So yeah. I was like, yeah, I get that. It's a, you know, and you can tell like some some of the staff are a little bit more like, you can tell they're more pleased to be there. Some of them mm-hmm. are kind of like, uh, whatever. Like day two, here. here we go. It's yeah, like yeah. having PTSD from Friday See, night. Everybody on Friday was was extremely pleasant and nice. Yeah. Like everybody That's that you good. went up to, they're like, oh, I'd be like, oh, can I get this pour? And they're like, yeah, sure you can. Here you go. And I was like, oh, thanks. yeah. And you know they were very efficient with their pouring and uh, also a wide variety of beers. I was not expecting. Uh, I think Bond Brothers was there, busting out barrel aged sours from 
750 mil bottles. Oh my it's gosh. Like, <laughs> but I was like, what? <laughs> uh, oh, that's man, great. That's crazy. Yeah. 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 I was like, this is pretty sweet. Bomb Brothers is good too. Yeah. Just ripping uh, bombers of, uh, I was like, how many bottles did you bring of your barrel aged stuff? Oh, yeah. Like, I was like, holy cow. Cause, and it was great. It was fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be a little more cumbersome to bring than like just a few sixels. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Like, did you have a strategy? Uh, were you trying to like seek out breweries that like you couldn't necessarily visit all the time, or like sort you, of. you weren't finding their like products on the, the you know the, the shelves at like yeah. Jarvis Street or something like that? There's definitely places that I wanted to try, like that I hadn't heard of before or that I hadn't seen. Uh, you know, like a few places that I was like, "What is this?" Um, but for the most part, I was kind of like. Just who has the, the least line. least long line oh, yeah. <laughs> who's the most accessible and and then like after that yeah. i'd be like oh i want to go here i'm gonna wait in line for a minute i just like let me go to this one first and get a pour and then like we can you know get in line so yeah. nothing too crazy like oh i'm not gonna go that one because i've been there before but that makes sense yeah because you have like you know as many samples as you can consume within reason i'm, I'm gonna say that like 10 times <laughs> within reason we encourage of course, drinking within, responsibly within reason please uh yeah but in that format, I think that lends itself to like, you don't have to be as selective versus like having a finite number of yeah. sample pours or uh, full pours. You're, you're kind of like, okay, like, what do I? Yeah, it's kind of low know. stakes to try something. You're like, all right, let me give this a try. Yeah. And if you hate it, you're like, okay, whatever. I'm not going to try that again. Right. You didn't like spend a ticket on it or something. Yeah. Yeah. It's a little more like you're a little more thoughtful about doing that. And I'd love to support as many breweries as I can. But yeah, we, uh, so we got some tickets and um, there's like a, on Saturday, there's like a system for exchanging the tickets for either full pours or for like their three ounce samples, which, you know, they're eyeballing. So sometimes you get a little bit more, which yeah, is yeah. kind of nice. Like, but, eh. uh, you know, so different, different formats, definitely. But I think that also kind of creates different decision making when you're like, mm-hmm. picking like who to go to. Yours is kind of like, yeah, what's going to get faster to fill my <laughs> cup up? <laughs> yeah. Where do I get drink first? Where yeah. can I get some? Yeah. So overall, like, I mean, what was your experience? Like it was your first time to Brugaloo, the yeah. block party. Um, I mean, as far as like outdoor beer festivals or like any beer festival, yeah. um, you know, was it? It was great. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I definitely go again. <laughs> uh, the yeah. weather, I mean, like the weather was perfect, which the weather can make or break stuff. Like the weather Friday night was very nice. Like shorts and t-shirt. Oh, extremely yeah. comfortable. Uh, not oppressively hot like you know North Carolina can be, but being in April, it's a little less uh, vicious. Uh, and then you know, just overall like ease of getting beers, like no, didn't have to wait ten years to get into the bathroom if you you know needed to do that or anything. So uh, overall, just I'd say solid experience. The only thing is just moving the flow of moving people through. Probably it's just the street makes it a tight nature. Like we were talking a little right. bit about before the the episode, but the shop local Raleigh who puts on the festival also put on the NC Homps Fest, which is in the fall, right. I believe September ish. Or is that, I can't, it might fluctuate a little bit, but uh, I know last year it was in the summer. And I think okay. the year before that, when we went at the uh, like exposition, the expo center was like, june or july okay maybe last yeah. year at the fairgrounds was i think also around the same time yeah but they may have done it in the fall in the past i think well, maybe it, i'm thinking of brugaloo because that was in september yeah. that yes one brugaloo year. used to be i think yeah in the fall i thought it was like always in the fall but then they, you know this year it was in spring changed, yeah. but but anyway that festival is is different because it's in the expo center so it's more that 
grid style beer fest where it's like different streets of different beers. So you kind of walk down the aisle and you got beers on the left, beers on the right. Then you take a corner and then it's down the next aisle mm. of beer. Uh, and that just seems to flow a little better, I think, because people can bounce right. back. And then also people are in different areas and, and yeah. different things and lines didn't seem to form as much there. But uh, here, because it's so long and linear down the street, like somebody like sees a beer and they stop and that's where they want to go. So I think the line builds up there. Yeah. But, I mean, it's not even it wasn't a real complaint because it's not like I was in line for 20 minutes anywhere. Like the most we waited was like five, maybe 10 minutes if yeah. that for one but like like i said they're just like grab your cup spritz it out pour some beer that's pretty cool yeah so they have a good system it seems like mm-hmm. but yeah like you said i think with that format too the the issue is like being on one linear like system for uh the brewery set up on either side it also i think is like harder to tell like wh- where the lines start and stop anyway versus mm-hmm. like the kind of grid format like you said, there's more Clearly, like yeah. like clarity and like things are spread out a little bit more um, to where it's like, I think it's a little more identifiable. Like, oh, this is where the line is or like. Yeah. And that was the hardest thing was like, yeah. where does it, is this line for this brewery? Yeah, is it for the one right next to it? Because the tents are like Very right next close. to each other. Yeah. They're like adjacent completely. So. Yeah. Um, but anyway, like they, I mean, yeah. making the most of that space. Um, it's incredible. They pull that off. And they've been doing it for, for mm-hmm. years. So, And that's one of the major things about like when you're talking about a beer festival, you know, we're, we took a look at this uh, article by uh, Brewers Association that talk, is a checklist for, for festivals. And one of the things they talk about is, you know, your, your venue location and try to do it somewhere that uh, is appealing on its own and kind of unique. So I think the street festival vibe is definitely something like that, like very unique, yeah. very interesting. And then again, like, but it presents its own challenges, like. Right, it has its logistical challenges. So one of the things you definitely want to look at. Um, another thing they talk about is volunteers helping out. So I think we should crack open the Southern Pines oh, Baltic yeah. Porter. <laughs> another and then Baltic Porter. Talk about your uh, experience. I like the look of this can too. It's got that uh, neon sign look mm-hmm. with the uh, what's it called? It's late night or long night? Long night. So this has a pretty nice uh, head formation here. A little bit more than the uh, Comey Baltic Porter. Yeah, oh yeah, definitely more carbonated. Uh, being combs. in a can, this is a... They want you to drink it fresh. This one they do not recommend aging. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, strong porter fermented with a traditional lager strain. Cold conditioned, full flavored beer, notes of chocolate and slight roast. Keep you warm on a cold, long dark night. Uh, the, they give you some specs on this. What would you say the ABV is? What are you thinking? I guess 8.2. 9.5. Wow. Yeah, so it's nine. higher by mm-hmm. a small margin. Than 45 the, uh, IBUs, 31 SRM, and best served at 46 degrees Celsius. Mm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> ah, it's hot. <laughs> would you say it was 46 degrees? 46 degrees Fahrenheit, yeah. So uh, the Comas actually recommends 50 to 53.6 Ooh. Fahrenheit, which I find interesting that they actually use Fahrenheit, given this is a U- European. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like um, you would think they'd use the metric system like Celsius. Yeah. but Well, uh, that's also like an English label, right? All yeah. in, so maybe yeah, it's different. I wonder if they have importer. like a... Oh, I wonder if they have a... Uh, like a stateside contract oh, brewery. Or yeah, here it's a uh, someplace in Jupiter, Florida. I think that they have a Jupiter? U.S. distribution facility. So that That's makes where sense. Boys, to go to get stupider. 
Uh, right off the bat, this yeah. is a very different Baltic Porter than the last one, where the other one was very thick and rich and sweet and chocolatey. This one's a little more on the thin side for me and a little higher perceived bitterness. Yeah, bitter and like kind of dry, kind of like astringent almost. Mm-hmm. Um, the aroma's way different. Yeah, got a little bit more carbonation bite to it as well. Uh, not as sweet. Yeah. It almost drinks like a little more like boozy too, despite only being a half, half percent, percent yeah. ABV higher. It like it sips more like a, ooh, this is a you know this is a high gravity beer here. But yeah, it's, um, I think it's just because it's not balanced or like weighed down by that sweetness. Um, those like chocolatey um, notes. It's just kind of dry, roasty, dark. Uh, it's a little more carbonated, so that kind of also I think kind of lifts it a little bit mm-hmm. but um yeah definitely it, finishes like pretty bitter yeah it finishes super bitter and i think that you know exactly like you said the carbonation lifts up the mouthfeel a little bit and is a lot more drying whereas the other ones was mouth coating like this one's yeah drying finish it's uh still good uh i don't know which one i prefer i might the other one i might just like the smooth velvety texture and flavor of it yeah uh, kind of almost as a dessert beer, though I would take that one is, but yeah, I like that one a lot. Yeah, I think they they kind of have unique like situations where I'd prefer one over the other. The first one, the Comez Baltic Porter, that seemed to be yeah, like I said, dessert beer, like maybe like end of the night, kind of just like a, a smooth, chocolatey, sweet sipper around the fire. This one is like I I could actually pair this I think with a meal. I think because the carbonation is a little bit higher. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of helping like elevate or lift some of the flavors of your food. I would probably do something that's like a pretty strong flavored. Oh like, yeah, maybe like a meaty umami dish. Yeah. Um, and this kind of like bitterness would help cut through shepherd's that. pie. Oh yeah, like I think it's to be good with like yeah any kind of like pub fare, um, like shepherd's pie or like fish and chips, bangers and mash. <laughs> um, rev up the bigotti way. Mm-hmm. Time to take George to football. Yeah, they definitely have. Uh, like I said, the, uh, you just you kind of have a, a big range between products when you're looking at Baltic Porter. Like it can be similar in ABV, maybe even like IBUs and all that. But um, like the perceived bitterness, the flavor, uh, even just the mouthfeel can drastically differ depending on uh, how it was made. The uh, you know, if it was bottled and and it was aged in the bottle versus this one's like a fresh enjoyed it out of the can. Mm-hmm. So can it, tan it, slam it. Oh, maybe, yeah. maybe not slam it. <laughs> yeah, don't slam it. Maybe nine and a half percent. Sip it gently. Slam it within reason. <laughs> within reason. <laughs> within uh, reason. Uh, yeah. But uh, so this beer side. Yeah. You know, so you did the whole route and I'd consider doing that. I wasn't sure what was going on from we had a, a baby shower. At our house on Saturday. Uh, yeah. uh, so couldn't really join in on that one. But you guys did the whole volunteer experience, which gets oh, yeah. you what? You got some perks out of that. You got a t-shirt, right? You got some mm-hmm. free sample tickets. Yep. Uh, and then you even get some percentage off for the NC Hops Fest coming up too, don't you? Yeah. And I actually just thought about that today. I don't remember the terms, like what I'm supposed to do to redeem oh, that, no. that part of it. But I'll figure it out. Um we had some good help, but yeah, it was a really cool experience. We, uh, Jen and I had looked it up a while back and we're thinking about it because they, I think, I think they advertise pretty heavily like on their social about mm-hmm. 
the need for volunteers, which I think we'll go into a little bit more about uh, planning a festival, kind of the, you know, going back to that guide from the Brewers Association, um, talking about like, you know, getting your volunteers, your staff put together. Um, So Brewgaloo, like the NC House Fest, is put on by Shop Local Raleigh. And uh, they also have a pretty good partnership with Lowe's Foods there. Um, I found out Saturday morning after I showed up to volunteer. Um, our uh, so Jen and I get there like eight o'clock. We had an eight to twelve shift, which mm-hmm. was like perfect because we figured we'll help us set up. The event starts at noon. We'll be done with our shift. We get our tickets and we perfect. go right into yeah. the event and start doing some tasting. Um, what we didn't know when we volunteered, you know, weeks back or signed up for it was that uh, there was a storm projected for Saturday morning. <laughs> Your weather was really nice, it sounds <laughs> yeah. like. Um, and then Saturday there was like uh, some uh, some bad weather rolling through, but uh, we lucked out. I, I won't like make it more dramatic than it was. But um, anyway, so we show up Saturday morning and uh, we met, uh, her name's Sarah. She's one of the shop local Raleigh crew. And she kind of like started getting us off on our assignments and letting us know what was the checklist for the day? Anything from, you know, we were uh, putting out buckets for tickets because as you mentioned, you had the like unlimited sample pour Mm -hmm. on Friday for the block party, but Saturday was a ticketed event. And so how it works is you can buy as many tickets as you want within reason. And uh, (laughs) within reason, you redeem those at the, uh, at the brewery booth. And the cost was like five tickets for a full pour which uh, we had the bigger pint glasses as the okay. taster. It was like a full size plastic, like uh, pint glass or shaker glass. Um, so you're getting like 12, just, you know, a little over 12 ounces probably with the full pour. Um, and uh, there's five, five tickets for that, or you could pay two tickets and you got a three ounce sample. Okay. And was uh, anything one ticket. No. So those are <laughs> only, yeah, the only two sizes was like, you get either a three ounce sample, which is eyeballed or you get a full pour. Okay. Um, it is more economical just to get full pours, like if you think about volume to like mm-hmm. ticket cost. But if you want to try a few, yeah, like, you don't want to be slapping down. Yeah, and it's I mean, <laughs> think about it. Like we got ten free tickets for for working to the volunteer shift. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that's either two pints or uh, the way we did it was we got uh, each got a pint to start, and then we split the last ten tickets into uh, five uh, samples, and then okay. we just kind of like split the samples. And so we also like knew we weren't gonna be able to get like go crazy super intoxicated yeah. we had, like, plans the rest of the day but um anyway back to the volunteering part <laughs> within so, reason <laughs> yeah within reason <laughs> so you know we uh we did things like setting up uh the booze there were like the tents and everything set up from the night before but they had to take a lot of the stuff and pack it up for the night because you know it's it's in the middle of downtown raleigh you can't just leave a lot of things out and about uh for fear of you know people coming and just like taking it um, so they had to kind of like reset up some of the, uh, you know, signage and things mm-hmm. like that. But also we put out the buckets for ticket collection, uh, put out buckets for kind of like sparging your empty glass or, uh, for brewers to kind of like, you know, you fill it and it's a little foamy. So they kind of like dump some of it off. Yeah. yeah. Um, got some extra signs up for some of the breweries. And, um, and then we made these little brewery bags, which is really cool. It was like a little, uh, brewer's treat bag. Um, consisting of like a couple water bottles, some snacks, uh, a packet of Tylenol, <laughs> which is really funny because we brought some of the bags around to the the brewers at the tents, and they were like, "Oh, we get the Tylenol." Like, I think it's the people, <laughs> the people showing up need today. Are gonna, <laughs> you know, because you mentioned like some people probably go to the block party and then, then go the roll up day. into yeah. the Saturday event too. But uh, yeah, so 
that was part of the you know, the setup and getting things ready for them. They have a really cool uh, breakfast for the brewers on Saturday. So oh. any of the staff that are at the brewery tents, they're welcome to come into. Uh, they rented out the YMCA like conference room and put a full like breakfast spread in there. Had some donations from some of the local uh, vendors to like you know have a nice warm breakfast with some you know coffee juices things like that. Yeah. Um, so pretty cool. We got some of the games set up, like the you know yard games, like cornhole and the giant connect four and stuff. And so it was kind of just like getting the street back into order and ready for uh, the event to start. Yeah. Um, and there was about eight of us, I think, that showed up for that that early shift, and then we had some people show up around ten, eleven. Mm-hmm. It was kind of like spread out the uh, the shift times, and each shift kind of had their own specific role. But um, it was a big group effort. Um, a little bit like chaotic at times which i think that's coming it just comes with the territory yeah, because you've got yeah. a small staff of people trying to guide like dozens of volunteers into mm-hmm. different roles but uh and some people were like making checklists of uh you know like making sure that the brewery tents were in the right location because they have these virtual maps as you mentioned uh, it's like a yeah, linear yeah. street like mm-hmm. of breweries and so it's not as like simple to make a map when it's not like grid based where you can kind of just like you know, look like up yeah, and down rows and columns. Street it's just like marked. one long street. <laughs> so it's like two sides. And then, um, so they were like kind of making sure the organization was right. Um, because I think they give the brewers like their kind of like coordinates for like what tent you're at. Um, you know, and then they have people on golf carts kind of going through and like, uh, replenishing things, that kind of thing. Um, but yeah, it was overall a really good experience. It was very like rewarding to kind of feel helpful, um, like just to do some of the behind the scenes stuff of the, the Burgaloo event. But, um, and then we got to enjoy it afterwards. We did get rained on from about 11 o'clock until just before one, I think, or just okay. after one. Um, was it heavy rain or was it just this light? It was actually okay. Like it was not as bad as it looked like it was going to be like, they were talking the triad area was going to maybe get some like damaging winds and like tornadoes and hail and stuff like that. But, um, yeah, it was uh, just like some steady drops. Like we had rain jackets. We knew it was coming. So we finished the last hour of our volunteer shift, like getting as much done as we could. Everything is ready to go. And then 12 o'clock, people are rolling in through the streets. Yeah. Um, it's a free event Saturday, so you just show up and you buy tickets, um, as many or as few as you'd like. Um, again, this Well, that was interesting about Friday, too. So like, Oh, you just like... Sh- you just show up and like you can get pours if you have a wristband and a cup, but if you oh. don't, like you can just hang out. Yeah. So that was like Lauren didn't have to buy like a, a DD. Oh, cool. Or so you just like since yeah. she's pregnant, but uh, you know we just yeah. Like, That's we true. Tickets and then some of the I didn't think about that. Some of the events it's like you have to get like like ID'd and like checked at the door. I think because this one is like it's outside, it'd be almost impossible for them to, to cover all of the weight. <laughs> yeah, to gatekeep all the access points into the. Into Fayetteville. We got a bogey off street. Um, street. <laughs> Coming in. Come on to the golf cart. Get him. Um, yeah, so, uh, you know, we got a, we got some food real quick after our shift just to, like, enjoy some of the local food trucks. Waited for the, the rain to stop, and it did. It just stopped, and it never came back. So I think the rest Perfect. of the day was, like, really good weather. There was actually a really memorable moment. We were, we'd had our first pour um, and just were kind of, like, hanging off to the side. And uh, all of a sudden, like, you could just see the, like, sunlight just came out of the clouds. Like, it opened up. Like, it was, like, blue skies. The sun just came shining down. And everybody on the streets was like, hooray! 
It's like, <laughs> like cheering and clapping, That's like so- up and down Fayetteville Street. And we we're all like hyped up because the weather was like so good. And it was a great turnout despite the weather. I think there, there were definitely thousands of people that showed up on Saturday um, despite you know, a bad forecast. So yeah, well, that's um, pretty cool though. I mean, I think it was well attended overall. So very cool. It was yeah. a definitely a fun festival. Yeah. And I think I, I, I garnered like a deeper appreciation for, you know, we attend brewery festivals like whenever we yeah. can, but like, I think I've taken for granted, like there's a lot that goes into setting that up. Um, I was like pretty exhausted from <laughs> just like working four hours and like working is a loose term, but yeah, yeah. Like our, 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 like the person we reported to Sarah from shop local Raleigh, she was great. She was very helpful. She told us that shop local Raleigh is basically a team of three people that organize this event and they're like bringing everybody into downtown Raleigh and like, wow, they have, you know, great initiative and, um, a ton of know how to like organize these events. And they, they rely heavily on volunteer support. And I was kind of like, you know, we did it like, oh, it'll be cool. Like, we'll volunteer. Mm-hmm. That's no big deal. I had no idea, like, how important that was. Because if you don't have volunteers, this event would not happen. Oh, yeah. A staff of three? Yeah. Like, I, had, I was like, that. they probably spend all year yeah. getting ready for it. Like, all yeah. the oh, stuff yeah. that goes into it. Like, it's nuts. Yeah. And it's like a two-day event for them. So, like, we actually showed up and uh, we were a couple minutes late. And I was like, oh, I feel bad. We're late. But she actually wasn't there yet. And then she, when she did arrive uh, a few minutes after that, she was like, Hey guys, I'm so sorry. I'm a little bit late. Like it was a little rough getting up this morning. And I was like, she probably worked until like midnight or 1am, <laughs> like getting everything torn yeah. down last night and then had to like show up again at eight o'clock to start yeah, all over again. Yeah. And that goes from noon until, well, volunteering started at eight and it, the event ended at eight. And so, Oh wow. Yeah. Or maybe it was, it was 12 to eight or 12 to 10. I can't Dang. remember. So she, I, I, like Saturday had to be just terrible. And so I'm like, Sunday, I hope she like slept in, like <laughs> has like a couple of days off because the rest of the crew, like they put in a lot of time and effort. And like you said, they probably spend months leading up to Brugaloo to like plan all the logistics mm-hmm. and coordinate everything. And everything is not perfect, but it's like they're doing the best they can. I don't think I heard any really big complaints from any of the vendors or the uh, like breweries in attendance. I think everyone had a good time. All the tents I went to, like people seemed really enthused. Um, couple fun groups, like yeah. Uh, Do you know the Sneaky Penguin Brewing Company? They're from like Raleigh. I, they, I didn't think they were there that night. I okay. try. I looked f- to see because I've yeah. seen like some of their pictures on Instagram and stuff, but I haven't. Yeah, I want to go to their tap room sometime. Yeah. They seem like a, a fun group, but like, really? uh, and as, uh, that goes into the question. Like, I don't know if all breweries were at both days, but um, yeah. So we went to Sneaky Penguin. I think. I think they attracted a pretty big crowd because the two guys serving were wearing like penguin costumes, <laughs> like the zip up. Like, yeah, definitely onesies. don't remember seeing anyone wearing yeah. penguin costumes. <laughs> and one of them had like the penguin costume and like a white top hat. And I was like, I'm going to this place. I don't care. Like, but uh, they actually have a, a brick and mortar in Raleigh that I haven't been to. It's, it's pretty new. The Six Forks area. Yeah. Six Forks Road. So might check that out. But uh, overall, like really good vibes. Um, the weather cleared up. I think that helped ease a lot of people's like yeah. worries. Um, but uh, yeah, overall I had a really good time. We were there for four hours volunteering, but then we had like a solid two to three hours of just having some samples, enjoying um, talking with some of the, you know, then you, you just make conversation with some of the, uh, the crowd too, like some of the other attendees, you know, you make your like beer festival buddies. So. Yeah. Yeah. Um, exactly. Yeah. Chatting in line or something. Yeah, definitely, uh, definitely good time. And also like, 
eye-opening, I think. Well, there's just so much that goes into it. And here's kind of the Festival 101 stuff for those who have, oh, yeah. you know, going to festivals, maybe not thought about the logistics that go into them. But just an example, like the folders of information, like folders of information that the Brewers Association recommend you have are advertising, bands, bathrooms, breweries, brands, brochure, budget, capacity, charity, distributors, fact sheet, festival overview, glasses, hotels, insurance, layouts, letterhead, letters, logo, marketing, media plan, personnel, poster, press conference, press releases, production, registration, security, signage, everything. Like there's so much stuff. Social media, (laughs) taxes, tents, tickets, vendors, VIPs, volunteers, website, will call, wristbands, uh, and so much more. Running a red light and speeding. <laughs> uh, but yeah, there's so much stuff uh, that needs to go into it. And even things like ice. Like, yeah. okay, they, they talk about the, the the amount of ice that they use at the GABF in, in uh, 2012. They, they said they used 136 tons of ice. My goodness. Which is just so much ice. But they recommend that each brewery have 30 to 50-ish pounds of ice per beer that they're serving. So if you have 100 breweries and, you know, say they've got two beers, so that's 100 pounds of ice each, you know. Yeah. That's a ton of ice. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, literally multiple tons of ice. <laughs> you know, something I hadn't thought about was, like, events like these, especially, like, a two-day event where breweries are probably having like, you know, service both days, most of them, um, you know, you can't leave your stuff just out overnight. Whereas like at your brewery, you can leave it in the cooler and everything is fine. But um, outdoors or like even at a, an expo center, you can't just leave things. And so you've got to like pack up your kegs or like have your day two kegs ready and then have a way to chill them. And so, um, yeah, they actually have like these huge box trucks full of just there was one truck just full of bags of ice <laughs> and they had people like with dollies just bringing them bringing around to all the ice. tents. Yeah. And then one uh, box truck that had just like tons of the, or a couple of trucks for that had the kegs for the breweries. And I was like, so did the so breweries sense. like bring their kegs and then drop them off at the truck? And then like, so I think or... the ones that came from Friday to Saturday, they were able to like load up their kegs back into um, like some of those that didn't have, the means to like store them. I'm sure some of the breweries were like, Hey, we, we can just blow these back up in our, yeah. our truck because some of the bigger names they've got the, uh, probably refrigerated trucks and yeah. stuff. And so they're able to do that. Like, you know, uh, I think of like white street, they have mm-hmm. like a big truck that they serve off of. Oh um, yeah. So like, I'm sure they were like, well, where are we hooked up to our refrigerated truck? Like we don't need to pack these up, but like the smaller names, they were able to like get their kegs put up into a uh, refrigerated truck and then, the day of, they're able to like have people help them. There was like back. dedicated people just to like keg runners, yeah, keg runners <laughs> and like ice runners, basically. Um, That's pretty cool. So yeah, super helpful. Which brewery was it that had the Amber Lance? I can't remember which one, but they had the like Amber Lance. They had an ambulance that was like it's like an eighties ambulance converted into oh, like man. a, a uh, beer serving truck. I don't remember, but that is super clever. But yeah, I mean, insurance. I can't imagine paying the insurance yeah. policies on these because, I mean. The Brewers Association article, you know, recommends at least a million dollars of insurance liability. Yeah. And then you've got other things like medical. You got to have insurance for the property you're on They They recommended like insuring like the people who organize it. So that way you can't get blamed if something happens. Uh, That's auto smart. insurance, like yeah. all sorts of insurance that goes on, especially just because, you know, it's an alcohol, you know, focused. event. Yeah. So a lot of things can happen. And you think about stuff like people not being responsible and driving after they've been there or something like that. Right. 
there could be some potential liability that's brought upon. Especially this one, like versus having like one venue where you're like, okay, we're going to insure this venue. Mm -hmm. This was on Fayetteville street in downtown Raleigh. And so like you're in front of so many businesses. I don't know how that plays into their, cause like, Oh yeah. What if somebody's like, you know, being silly and they go up and like break windows. Yeah. Right behind a beer tent, it's like wouldn't man. put it past people because in, in Raleigh it's like expensive real estate too. So yeah, and plus um, like with that you have to have the municipality on board, so like oh, the yeah. city's got to be on. You've got to have all sorts of permits. Yeah, because they blocked that street off for like three days essentially yeah, to like yeah. set up and like maintain the uh, the it's tents and everything. Wild. So um, yeah, that was that was huge. It was like that part of it. It's just the cost of like insuring the event uh, because things are going to happen and like. I definitely saw some medical staff like on site. Uh, they had like a separate tent that was like, come here if you need like yeah. medical assistance or, you know, first aid. Police kind of wandering through yeah, as well and exactly. security, which is nice. Um, yeah. yeah. And so, you know, that was a big thing. Um, and like we talked a little bit about, you know, preparing for the, the breweries preparing like for how much beer to bring, um, you know, especially if it's like a two day thing like this, you know, you're, you're trying to plan ahead like, I want to have enough beer to last me for the whole event, but also let's not bring so much that like it's you know impossible to transport. And then we have to bring so much mm-hmm. of it back because we overestimated. It's a fine balance. And like, I think there's some analysis that goes into how much are we going to pour? How much do we expect? Yeah. How many, how many attendees do we expect? And so I think that data is like something they're probably looking to shop local Raleigh to be like, you know, provide us. How much are you, I mean, how many tickets are you selling or like how many yeah. people can we expect? Well, I thought um, one cool thing in like the Brewers <clears throat> Association article, they talked about like, yeah, like the number of people matters, but it also kind of doesn't at the same time because at a certain point you hit where the like the rate limiting step is the brewery pouring the beer, right? Like so if you have you so many people, yeah. so then they break it down into the logistics like, okay, is this festival more focused on quick pours or like are people coming to talk to the breweries? Uh, and you know, how many, how many pours are you going to do? Are you going to do two pours a minute? Are you going to do 10 pours a minute? Which I think this was more of the fast paced style, uh, you know, 10 pours a minute type deal. But basically that, that determined the capacity of beer that you brought. Cause it's like, how many beers can we pour per minute? Then how many minutes is the festival going on? Right. And then like, you can calculate yeah. that. So it's just very interesting. Yeah. Cause you want to make sure you like have enough to like get you at least most of the way. If you run yeah. out of one of your kegs, like you can say, Hey, we kicked this one. Like we've got this one though. Um, and that's why you said you like most have like two to three or four options. So that's definitely a big factor. Um, and I think a big part of like organizing the festival is, you know, ensuring that you're like communicating like some of this data to the breweries to like make informed decisions about, you know, how much we yeah. should plan to bring. Um, so there's a little bit of like involvement from their side, but, uh, you know, the organizers are definitely like, uh, heavily involved in that process as well. Um, there's a part, uh, going back to the, the article or the guide, I guess, from Brewers Association where they talk, like we just mentioned the volunteer aspect. Um, I think that's very popular is to have people volunteer cause you can really incentivize volunteers by just doing things like some free swag, some, mm-hmm. um, you know, free pours, free tickets after your shift within reason. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so what like, do you mean without raisin? What do you? Or yeah, so they made it really clear, like you know, you cannot drink. Well, our shift ended when the brewery or the, when uh, day two started, so yeah. like we couldn't have overlapped. But like people that actually work during the active hours of Friday night block party or the Saturday event, 
Um, it's like you cannot consume during your shift. Like that's prohibited. Um, you can redeem these after you're done. But I wanted to get samples while I, I was working. Oh, daddy. I want to drink it now. Yeah. So, it, and I think that's like smart also to be like, Hey, we'll give you your tickets when your shift is done. Yeah. Like yeah. we're not going to pay you up front with your, uh, <laughs> cause your then you just vouchers. walk off and never yeah. do any cool, work. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. So I think like, yeah, that, for me, like I'm a sucker for a free shirt, especially like something sweet. It's like a local uh, beer festival. Like, well, not even local. It's like the biggest North Carolina beer festival yeah. um, put on annually, and so it's like a free shirt from that. And uh, you know, they gave us uh, also options for like free. Uh, they had some like Nalgene bottles. They were like, "Hey, these are left over from last year. Like, do you want some?" So they were like really trying to treat and like uh, take care of the the volunteer staff. Um, besides that though, it's like, you've got to plan the logistics of like coordinating schedules, as I mentioned, um, having enough people to, uh, like train the people or provide them with like guidance and checklists. That was something that I was like, I can relate to when, when you're busy and you're trying to like also utilize your help. It's like a fine balance of like, okay, I'm, I need to get stuff done on my own, but I Mm -hmm. also need to like give these people the opportunity to help me. Yeah. And so you have to like step aside, delegate, like, delegate, but like give them the know-how and like instruction rapidly um, because they just volunteered oh, and they're yeah. there for one day, you know, like, yeah. And it's like, it's not like they're a staff <laughs> that you oriented and then yeah. you train them for weeks and now they're going to their exactly. site. Yeah. So there's no orientation session. It's like, <laughs> you're here. Okay. This is what we're going to do. Do this. <laughs> Please just do this to the best of your ability. Like I have to go do a million other things. Yeah. Um, so there's a lot of like coordination there. Um, <clears throat> Yeah, I think like you can make that as easy or as simple um, as you want, or you can just, uh, depending on the size of your event, I think it also matters. But I think Shop Local Raleigh has a really good balance of like staggering shifts that you always have overlap of people there. And also assuming that like you're not going to fill every single volunteer spot. Yeah, you want to have a little overage, I guess. And then people won't show up, you know, like day of and stuff. Yeah, like like some, you know, it happens. Like, Something, you know, you get a flat tire or like, you know, tragic event happens. You, you can't just make didn't it. feel like it. And you're yeah. like, <laughs> or you went to the Friday jerk. night block party and you're <laughs> hungover. So I can't work. Um, I need water. Yeah. Like I said, they gave us, uh, you know, the shirts, the tickets. Uh, we get a discount for the hops fest, um, which all that's really great. And I think it was like, it was an easy choice. Like I wanted to get a Brugaloo anyway, and this was a good way to like attend and also, um, like see things from a different side. Yeah. Give back a little bit. Yeah. And I'm like. You know, I was trying to like keep that. I, I, I mean, I think it's going to talk about just like to explain. I'm trying to like just vouch for the organizers because like it's such a huge ordeal that they undertake with such a small crew. Yeah. Um, like that's all I really am trying to like focus on. It's not like a an ego stroke. Like, oh, I volunteer. Ooh, like, I'm a volunteer. Volunteer. My time. Yeah. Um, because I don't. I, I think it's in poor taste to be like. Feels so good to give back and like know, make a big it's, deal it's out a about beer it. Festival. Yeah, I'm like, I'm, I'm literally doing this like knowing oh, that did I'm gonna you get work at the soup free kitchen? beer later. No, not exactly. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, no, it's a that's part of the logistics. I think is like every beer festival, you're gonna benefit yourself from like getting as many free hands as you can like to help yeah. with the labor. Um, but also like you have to coordinate that. You can just have some willy nilly system of like mm-hmm. show up and uh, just act busy like you have yeah. to be able to coordinate um instruction so yeah i'll have to do something like that next time or you know another one of these or maybe you know paul if you if you're listening probably not but you know if you need somebody to to main your tent next year we got you 
<laughs> yeah, no kidding. Like we can I, pour some duck rabbit beers and and talk it up. Yeah, I think some of the volunteers actually like the shifts were like you may help with like changing out kegs or like helping to pour for some of the tents that were like shorthanded. So, um, but yeah, some oh, of like the last cool. like little bits I think like to draw from the article from Brewers Association for like a you know festival one hundred and one. Um, like you got to think about logistics for cleanup. That's a big one because whether you're indoors or you're out on a, a downtown street, like how are you getting people to come pick up the mess that people are inevitably going to leave behind? There's going to be trash litter. There's going to be, you're going to need tons of trash cans and recycle bins, um, porta potties, oh, yeah. hand washing stations, things like that. Mm-hmm. Like it's going to leave a terrible mess. And so like day of logistics, logistics for cleaning and like day after logistics. Oh yeah. Um, trying to be like responsible stewards of the environment. Like, can we kind of reduce waste? Can we do like recyclable things like reuse cups? Um, you know, like all those little things to like make it as low impact on the environment and on like the, you know, the, the area that you're utilizing, like not littering, not leaving it uh, worse than you found it. Um, like you've got to have infrastructure and staffing in place for that too. Um, a couple of big things that like, you know, I think we take for granted. It's kind of like, you leave thinking like, oh, this will, this is gonna go back to normal. But like, who's gonna clean yeah, up? Yeah, exactly. You? Yeah, all the so, mess, all the barbecue sauce oh, on the ground, all the barbecue sauce, just an absolute war zone of barbecue sauce everywhere. There was sauce everywhere. Oh my god! Uh, the streets ran red with barbecue sauce. <laughs> oh my god! Oh, yeah. I can't believe it. But yeah, I mean, pretty cool thing. If you want to learn more about what goes into a beer fest, oh, yeah. I'd say check out that. Uh, Brewers Association article. All you got to do is just say Google Brewers Association Beer Festival Checklist. Yeah. Uh, and it's a nice little checklist that gives a bunch of information. Oh. Uh, probably more than you'd ever want to know unless you <laughs> decide that you're going to plan yeah. your own uh, thing. But one funny thing is it starts off and says, most festivals are awful. <laughs> uh, just talking about festivals in yeah. general. Um, just because it's such a big event and nothing's going to be perfect as it would be is a small curated event for one business. Uh, so just keep that in mind when you visit your next festival, how much planning, how much, yeah. uh, logistics, how much money, how much time and effort have to go into these events. Uh, and then, you know, just remember to, to enjoy beers within reason, within reason, within reason. Speaking of enjoying beers within reason, uh, I see there's an LC pick of the week here. Even in mm. her absence, she has left she us pulls one. through. She did. I'm going to grab that. I'll have Nick assume the position, uh, and if you haven't listened before, that means closing his eyes. <laughs> not anything weird. Uh, it's not that kind of a podcast. Not that kind of podcast. Within reason. <laughs> Within reason. <laughs> Within reason. Uh, and I will pour him this sample. Usually, Elsie is here to, you know, we both assume the position of closing our eyes and holding our hands out for a beer to be passed to us, and then we try to guess what it is. So I'm going to try to guess what it is, but I will just have the advantage of initially being able to visually yeah. see it so here we go time for the absentee lc pick of the week all right nick i poured your beer i've handed it to you uh and looking at this i got a chuckle you'll probably taste why in a moment but uh okay i can smell it uh gosh if this is, <laughs> cannot be <laughs> I don't think it is but if it if it yeah. is if it is a Baltic porter I'm gonna lose my mind in yeah it. and it and I mean it's unless I'm not knowing something that happened before I showed up like this was totally unplanned 
I don't think Elsie knew. No, well, she didn't know because I had this beer up in the fridge up here. Oh, uh, my beer. (laughs) You look. I didn't mean to, but I looked. Um, That's all right. Smell. So smells not too crazy. We're drinking these out of some plastic wine glasses that I found (laughs) because I couldn't find my taster glasses. That'll Uh, work. They've got a little bit of like a flared. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's a decent tasting vessel. Smells a little malty, nothing too crazy, nothing heavy syrupy. I don't think it's a Baltic porter, uh, but the beer, I laughed because I started pouring this, and it's very dark in color with a tan head. Yeah. It's, interestingly, though, got like a soda-type carbonation, at least in my glass, like big, fat bubbles, and they make a loud popping noise. Yeah. You know, just have like a like a bright carbonation, like really tight. Or pop for some of some people. Uh, but yeah, imagine pouring a glass of uh, good old Coca-Cola. That's kind of what it... Reminds me of, but it's a little thick, mm. persistent head. It doesn't completely dissipate immediately. Yeah. Uh, noticing like flavor wise, and it's hard not to compare it to the last two beers uh, because this isn't a dark mm-hmm. malty beer, but it does lend itself a little sweeter. But I think I'm like getting now away from like the like chocolatey kind of sweetness and more towards like some kind of like dark fruit almost. Yeah. It's definitely not super chocolatey. It's uh. It's also like a little bit, a little bit subtle. Like, I mean, yeah, it's not like super, it's more like bready, mm. like a deep biscuit kind of a flavor, yeah. like a nice, uh, rye bread kind of consistency. It's a, it's definitely uh mouth feels thinner than the last beers we've had. Uh, carbonation's a little brighter, but and now my, my head's starting to die down. It's not as dark of a beer. Uh, you can see some amber edges yeah. of at the glass, so. It's tough to tell. It seems too light in like, maybe just compared to what we've just had, but. Yeah, Yeah, I'm getting like a a lot of, like you said, a lot of like some like dark bready character. There's sweetness like kind of like tightly packed in there, but it's like in the form of maybe some dark fruit, like not overpowering like, you know, like black cherry, anything like that. It's just kind of like, I don't know, like some dark fleshy fruit in there, but it's like very subtle compared to the kind of like chocolate malt it's not like extremely like belgian bread or super yeasty it's yeah. like more like bread and it doesn't it's not necessarily like a lager either yeah I don't, but like at the same time i was like is this like a is this like a dunkle like i don't know yeah like it drinks pretty light so i'm like it could be that's the thing it's like a it light drinking could be beer. a dunkle but also i could see this being a little more complex than that because like a lot of dunkles like it's just basically you know chocolate malt with a which it could be. I mean, it could be like not tasting it again. It's just that sweetness. I think that takes. It's like not as dry as I would anticipate, like a lager to be. Yeah, because it can be like really crisp. And I dry. guess that's not the rule. It's more an exception. But hmm, I don't know. I guess I'm like I'm right. I'm on the fence of like it being um, a brown ale, yeah. or I think it could be some kind of like dunkle. Yeah, I think I feel like a brown ale is. Uh, nice guess. I mean, because I would almost say like a porter, but it just doesn't feel yeah. right for how it tastes. Which who knows? There's so many yeah. different varieties, as we just said. Um, it'd be crazy if it was a porter, even if it's not a Baltic porter. Like if it was a porter, like right, if we had no, three porters. Guess. Uh, gosh, hang on. Let's do one more sip. The aromas throwing me off too. I don't know if it's this glass. You know what? Let's go. Let's stick with the dunkel. Dunkel. I want as a, like a dark lager, so I, I'm going with that. So I don't know. I think it's too dark for a brown ale. Like I want to say a brown ale, but I'm like yeah. getting nervous now. I'm getting nervous. Because really it's pretty guessing. dark, but like 
It's almost too dark for a dunkle too, which is I'm like maybe that's a bad guess, but I've already locked it in. So yeah, I guess I'll say brown ale. Okay, goodness, let's, let's see. see what we got. <laughs> Black Mamba Oatmeal Stout. Oh. Oatmeal Stout? Oh. What? Interesting. From Aviator Brewing Company. Okay. I I gotta say, I will argue a little bit with this one. I don't get oatmeal stout. Like, oatmeal, you think of, like, a thick, like, protein-rich, yeah. full body. It's, like, more viscous because of the... The oatmeal you use in the malt. Yeah, and it gives you um, a more... I mean, I guess we did just have a couple Baltic porters, so it could feel a little different. Um, I don't know. Yeah, it has a very like thin mouthfeel to me. Yeah, and, and it's... I don't know. I just... It's a 6.5% ABV oatmeal stout, black mamba. Hmm. But again, like the carbonation is gone now in mine. Uh, and it had that very like... Yeah, thin like bubbly carbonation. Uh, the Most mouth stouts feel don't is not, get that. Yeah, crisp. Yeah, it's especially like, the, like an oatmeal stout. Yeah, I think about an oatmeal stout being just like a really silky kind of like viscous beer. I don't know. I'm surprised. Yeah, and I wonder. I'm curious how old it is. Also, if it's an old one, <laughs> isn't it bad though? Like <laughs> that's our first like way out, or like a cop out. It's like, oh, this beer is probably out of date. Well, uh, it was canned on twelve one twenty two. So this might be, it might be, but a stout should hold up a little bit. I mean, we're talking, 20, so I mean, it's like, we're talking six months from when it was canned. So it's not horrific. Wait, you said, you said 12 one? Yeah. 22. Oh. oh, that's only like four months, right? Or four, oh, almost, what month are almost, five. almost five months. Yeah. Well, 12, well, you have all December, January, oh. February, March, April. So five months. Oh yeah. I forgot. Like in April, almost <laughs> the whole month almost of December. Six, yeah. Yes. Almost six months. Um, well, I mean, but it wouldn't thin up. Like I don't think it would. No, uh, no, I don't know. It's just like the mouthfeel for an oatmeal stout. I just, I mean, I wouldn't even guess a stout just based on the flavor profile and the the aroma. But mm-mm. that's okay. I mean, it's not bad. It's a very light oatmeal stout. So this uh, black mamba uh, average rating, untapped. 3.68, so pretty respectable. Uh, description by Aviator Brewing is uh, Black Mamba's a full-bodied oatmeal stout that has tastes of coffee, chocolate, oh, toffee, chocolate, coffee, and smoothness from the addition of flaked oatmeal. Generous amounts of crystal, black patent, roasted barley, and chocolate melt, which give it a dark color and complex taste profile. Has an explosion of flavor. I'm gonna explode. Uh, but yeah, and then it's aged in bourbon barrels for several weeks. What? <laughs> I would not have gotten that. Several weeks? Yeah. Is that even weeks. worthwhile? I don't know why weeks. I don't know. Like I don't know if it's even worth it to age it for weeks. Unless you're talking like 52 weeks. Oh, our buddy Matt had this. Uh, he said thin. But still a great cream mouthfeel. This one's a drinker. Oh, he's had this? Yeah. Oh, also, yeah. Shout out Matt if you're listening. Uh, or... Good buddy, Matt. Well, we haven't met yet, but uh, <laughs> he's been a really uh, avid listener. Uh, sent us some beer a while back from Florida, but he's from North Carolina. And uh, yeah, so next year, hopefully, Matt, if you're listening, come to Brugaloo. Uh Would love to hit you up and like maybe check out the event or just go to Raleigh or the Rocky Mountain Mills area, whatever. Just get some beers. Um, but Matt was uh, reaching out because he's been to Brugaloo a ton and like, he really raved about it and it lived up to the hype. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, hopefully he'll make it next year. Yeah. Um, 
definitely, I think it'd be a fun, like, I don't say group trip, but like to organize next year to get some people to volunteer and then like, Oh uh, yeah. Go out. I mean, like I said, I, I kind of have my like thoughts about doing the block party just to like have the experience of like tasting yeah. a ton of different uh, breweries, but well, there you go. Yeah. You go out as a group to the block party and then you sign up for a later day shift on Saturday. That's true. You could volunteer during the Saturday, um, and they said you can't drink at the event, but they didn't say anything about Bloody Marys in the morning before. <laughs> yeah. How are they going to know? How are they going to know? They're never going to know. They're never going to know. You are obviously drunk. You need to leave. <laughs> okay. Uh, all right. Can I get that t-shirt though? <laughs> <laughs> Tried to volunteer. <laughs> uh, yeah. Have have Bloody Marys within reason. Yeah. Within reason. Always, guys. Always. Within reason. That might be one of our new catchphrases for a while. Within reason. Within reason. Uh, uh, I guess speaking of catchphrases, what did you learn today? That's not really a catchphrase. <laughs> Speaking of catchphrases, <laughs> uh, you gotta love uh, good segues. I think what I learned today was that you know there there's some value to not just going to a beer festival with the intention of drinking fifty, sixty, two ounce yeah. pours. Because like I've done that multiple times, and I don't think that's a bad thing like, i mean within reason like enjoy yourself within at a beer reason. festival within reason just drink like 120 ounces of beer in three within hours reason, within like, reason yeah i mean if you have your wits about you like do what you want be careful be mindful of your yeah. your intoxication level but i think i think what i learned is like this goes back to the whole weekend um like appreciate the beer festivals especially the, the long-standing ones be respectful of the workers the brewers that are in attendance they're putting their time and their effort into like putting on a really good event for you. Um, be patient if the lines are long and also don't scream at people with volunteer tags on. Cause we can't do anything. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, nobody screamed at me, but like I had people that were like wanting me to like walk on water. And I'm like, I, you see this name tag, it says volunteer. Like yeah. I, I have very limited power here. <laughs> like zero I'm not even being paid to be here <laughs> yeah um but yeah just like enjoy the beer festival as a whole and not just like how much like how how much can i drink in four hours yeah yeah to maximize my 50 dollar buy-in mm-hmm. um you know just yeah i don't know just also like if you think about a volunteer it's really rewarding it's really fun um because you, c- you can do volunteer shifts that are way more like arduous and difficult and like stressful than volunteering at a beer festival, you know? Yeah. Like if it's something you love, like honestly it didn't even feel like work. It was just like, this is going to be awesome. Like I'm contributing to a really cool event. And then I got to experience that afterwards. So yeah. What about you? Yeah. Very cool. Uh, I guess I just reading that learned a lot about the logistics going into it. Uh, and I also learned that, you know, you should, you should partake within reason. Within reason. Within reason. Uh, and since we said within reason, I think that's the end of this episode. Episode number 55, Secondary Fermentation, presented by East Carolina Beer and Brewing. You can check us out on Instagram at East Carolina Beer, on East Carolina Beer and Brewing. Dot com. Actually, dot that's com. a lie. East Carolina Beer. Dot com. <laughs> uh, we are on uh, Gmail, East Carolina Beer at gmail.com. Twitter at East Beer. Facebook at East Carolina Beer and Brewing. If you want to reach out to us, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, and always leave us a, a nice 
beautiful review on, on Apple Podcasts. Or Within reason. Your, your podcast. <laughs> Within reason. Uh, and with that, cheers. Cheers. See you next time. <laughs>